This is Church Tech Profiles, episode 15 for the week of January 18th, 2021. Tyler DeYoung. Well, welcome to another edition of Church Tech Profiles. I'm Van Metzke, your host, and today we have a very special guest who uh, may or may not be coherent, but he, I think, I think he is. <laughs> uh, today, uh, my guest is Tyler DeYoung. Tyler is the technical director for a Crossroads uh, church in Corona, California. How's it going, Tyler? Hey, how's it going, man? <laughs> the coherent <laughs> comment is quite funny right now. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Tyler and I have known each other for quite a long time. We actually, uh, our, our, um, I would say our tech history intertwines in many different places. Uh, yes. if, if not the same time, but in, but in similar places. So, mm-hmm. um, I can't even remember where I met. I guess I met you at Saddleback, right? Yeah, I think the first time we met, uh, it was uh, Saddleback Huntington Beach, actually. Uh, I was overseeing a campus up there. You came out. um, You were friends with uh, Moses Camacho. Yeah. Our campus pastor at the time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He introduced me to you, and I was like, Van Meske, Van Meske. I was like, my buddy Tom always talked about Van. (laughs) And then, uh, so I messaged Tom. I was like, hey, this Van. And he's like, yeah, that's that's the Van. I'm like, all right. And then I think that was the first time we met was uh, Saddleback Huntington Beach. Yeah, yeah. So, because we weren't on staff at the same time at, at Saddleback. I was there no. way before you um, yeah. because I'm an old man and uh, you're young. <laughs> but you are getting some gray be. hairs I'm look. I'm seeing. I, I have quite a few quite a few grays now in my beard. I, I lost all my hair up on top. So Right. Well, that's the way of getting... That's the way of getting rid of all your gray hair on on your head is you just shave your head. It's just go, <laughs> exactly get that. Uh, yeah, I oddly enough, what's really weird is oddly enough, my hair is still brown for the most part. It's just my yeah, beard. And you got a lot of it. Yeah. No, I still same hairline. People don't believe me. This is the hairline I had when I was a kid. I can show you pictures. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I haven't really lost my hair, but my beard has gotten very gray over the years. It's, it's a it's a good salt and pepper right now. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't grow my head gray my beard for a long time. I hadn't grown mm-hmm. my beard for a long time because my wife really doesn't like facial hair, and <laughs> um, so you know, and I like to get kissed, so I just shaved, right? Uh, but yeah. I grew I grew it out a um, couple couple years ago just because we I was doing something where I grew it out. Oh, the school was doing uh, Fiddler on the Roof, so because they all had fake beards. Uh, Sonia you goes, can grow a real one. I go, I can go, I can grow a real beard. So this is what it's going to be like when you guys are all adults. <laughs> yeah. And then I just kept it. And so, and she there actually likes it now. She's like, yeah, it looks good on you. I like it. You know, so she doesn't let me go duck dynasty. It has to be, you know, like trimmed up. Oh, uh, this is, this is quite what, what I got going on right now is quite long. My, my spouse is not a fan right now. She yeah. would, she, she likes the facial hair. She doesn't like it completely gone. But there's right. a specific link that makes her happy. Yeah. So no, uh, no and even though my but, wife, you guys, you guys obviously who are listening to this can't see it, but the other day my wife's like, "You need to, you need to, you know, groom up a little bit there, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get that a little bit closer to the face." She doesn't like. Yeah. She, doesn't, she doesn't like where it is now. So <laughs> if it starts to curl over under my mask, then Ooh. I know that's not cool. That's that's. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, well, I wanted to have Tyler on cause we were talking the other day about some other stuff and I said, you know, you should be on the podcast. So, um, uh, Tyler's got a great, got a great church and a great bunch of people there and doing a lot of really great stuff. Um, I've seen quite, 
quite an amazing, I mean, he came in, well, I'll let you tell the story, but you were, uh, so tell, tell the folks what you do now, like what's your, your fish title, your tech, tech director, but what's kind of your duties. Um, and we can, we always have to do it in this podcast. So if you, you listen to this podcast in five years, we were still kind of under the weird COVID lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, are people open? Are people not open? That happened in 2000, it's, in 2021, 2020, you know, 2020. So we're, we're about two months from a year, I think of being, I in know, right? Yeah. Soon, which is crazy. If you think yeah, about it. Yeah. So um, this is, yeah. This is January, 2021 when this is being recorded. So if you happen to stumble onto this in five years and wonder what is happening, um, the sad thing is you might stumble onto it and it will be exactly how it is right now. <laughs> exactly the same. <laughs> exactly the same. Yeah. Round two is happening. Yeah, whatever. No, um, so yeah, I've been at Crossroads. Uh, it'll be well, six and a half years at this point, I believe. Right. Um, I came in as production manager. Um, I had an oversight. Uh, good friend, great great mentor of mine, uh, Joe Sedotti. Um who was the tech director at the time. And then about a year in, uh, he made some moves and he left um, the church. And then I took over as technical director at that point. And that was five and a half years ago. Wow. Has it been that long already? <clears throat> it has been that long. Wow. Um, Holy cow. It's crazy to think. And we've gone through, um, I think there was a point where uh, I had only two other staff members on my team. Um, and but now we are we're, we're full we're full crew right now we got six staff um and six wonderful staff that i love um that just work really hard and love the church love ministry and so and that's been really cool um i just hired a coordinator which was uh back in december uh so it's only been about a month and that's just changed my world um which is awesome. Yeah. So that's, it's been six and a half uh, years there at Crossroads and um, my duties, I, I honestly, I just lead the production team, uh, audio, video, lighting, all broadcast stuff. I don't oversee any of the content creation uh, really, unless like uh, we did a Christmas special in which my team uh, shot and edited um, all of that. But a lot of like the weekly, uh, story videos or any kind of bumper stuff like that is all um, built by our communications team. And, and um, so how, I, what's the, what's well, just to give everybody an idea of don't know crossroads, what's the, like, what's the size of the church? You know, how many people go to the church? Uh, you know, right now, this moment, who knows, but I mean, you know, in, yeah. regu- in, in regular times, in regular times. Um, yeah. And I feel like every time I feel like we start getting a, a solid baseline we change how we count <laughs> but uh, pre-covid we were running about eight thousand eight to nine thousand uh throughout a week um, including adult services next gen and all that kind of stuff uh, we have a really solid spanish ministry that meets on the weekends as well they were running about 500 um at the time and so now um i think we're running about uh, it's about 6,000 views or whatever you want to call it on our adult services in a week. And um, we still have a full blown Spanish ministry running in which they uh, have a live service on campus every Sunday, like our, like our English adult service that has. Um, and then they also broadcast a, uh, a service as well at the 11 o'clock. Um, 
we have next gen junior high high school college young adults all that kind of stuff and you're so, are you yeah. broad are you broadcasting for all those ministries right now currently currently we broadcast um yeah so we broadcast our high school our college young adults our spanish ministry as well as our um, adult services on Sundays. And we do also do um, a service on Wednesday night um, that we broadcast. And we have podcasts that go live every Tuesday. We broadcast to YouTube. Um, so you got yeah. a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And you we guys have about, I, I, would, I would consider it, um, we have about 10 events a week right. um, that are happening. And I believe it's five or six of them are broadcasted. Now, do you go back and post production on those or you just, you just have a template set up so you can stream it live and that goes to your archive and you move on or how do you guys do that? Um, so we, I mean, we're, this is continuously changing. Um, before Christmas, all of our weekend services were pre-recorded. Um, and then we would just, uh, we kind of, it's kind of like a live to tape except for we go back and just help out our vocalist and auto tune <laughs> some stuff for them. Um, make it sound a little prettier. And then we would, uh, pump that, uh, broadcast that live for the weekend. Um, all the video stuff is cut live to tape, um, for the most part. The only thing that we did completely post production on was our Christmas special. And then, um, our current weekend services. So after Christmas, they like to try and give us a week off, which is, incredible free week of vacation. Um, and this, year, I, I laugh cause I, this year is the first year that I think we actually finally got our full week off. Um, but that meant no pre-recording. So we've been broadcasting our live services from Sunday morning that are happening outside on our patio and broadcasting that live. Uh, we did that for the past two weeks and we do two more weeks before we go back to pre-recording. Right. Yeah. yeah. So how many people come to the, come to the outside services? Um, so we do two services live outside, uh, a nine and 11 and we're running about four to 500 per service. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting just to, I mean, you know, it's interesting to see how everybody just is different, you know, and people, people on the other side of the country, you know, are like, why are you guys not just meeting regular, you know, California is, <laughs> And, you know, as we say, every, every interview that you guys have heard f- during this is that California is just completely wacky on what's going on in any county and any city and everybody's doing different stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Tyler, you know, Corona is not too far from me. And so in Southern California, you all have heard me say that the farther away you get from Sacramento, which is our ca- state capital, which is like 500 miles from here, like, cause California is yeah. very, very big. And you know, it's a very long state, all state, uh, the farther away you get, except for Los Angeles, the more people just kind of, you know, a lot of the things that are coming out of Sacramento are more like parlay. It's just more of a suggestion than <laughs> a rule, Yeah, <laughs> you know? So, uh, it's just very interesting to see how everybody's handling it. Cause everybody handles it completely different. Um, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's even interesting. You have, uh, people with very strong, um, opinions mm-hmm. about what's going on, which is fair. I mean, that's part of living in America. Um, wait, Christians that but, have strong opinions. No, <laughs> come on. That doesn't sound, but, that doesn't uh, sound right. we, I mean, there's a, there's a few local churches who are completely open 
uh, indoor yeah. services nearby, no mask required, no social distancing, all that kind of stuff. And um, we have um, quite a few of our members have gone to those churches instead because that they are open. Right. And for us, it's just been a thing, you know, people are like, so when are you going to open? I'm like, oh, we have services every weekend. You should join us. Right. You know? And we have the luxury. When are you open? <laughs> right. Well, we have the luxury of Southern California of having good weather most of the time. Oh, yeah. So, so you're around. I mean, like, you know, if, if you guys were in, you know, North Carolina or, or North, Dakota, North Dakota, you know, we wouldn't be having mm-hmm. this conversation. But, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, and, you know, I mean, of all the pastors and TDs and everybody that I've been talking to, the truth of the matter is, I think the wisest thing for, for pastors to do is to what, whatever the, you gotta, you gotta minister to your congregation, to your community. Yes. So it's, and that's not even, it's, it's a thing of uh, trusting the Lord and listening and, and truly just doing, you know, what you feel the Lord is calling your church to do and who you're going right. to minister in the time, you know, right. For those people who are open and even doing this thing, I'm not even going to say that that's wrong or right. It's, I mean, I'm just going to trust that they are listening to the Lord. And, yeah, you would hope. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so talk about a little bit about your background. How, how did you get, because I know you're a musician. So yeah. how did you get into tech from being, I mean, when did this all start? Did it start in high school? Did it start, you know, earlier than that? When, when did you start getting the, getting the bug to do this? And what was your journey like? Um. So I, I wish I could say I started wanting to do tech in high school. Um, I was too caught up in wanting to be a rock star. That's for sure. Um, so I've been playing, I had been playing drums since I was in junior high. I think I had my first punk band um, back then. And uh, honestly was still doing that up until my early twenties. And uh, I moved in um, with a roommate um, and just a great friend. I actually got to see him. Um, last week uh, his name is tom hester and um you know you know tom then and uh yeah very well and he, for those of you um, who don't know tom tom is uh currently touring who's come currently touring with us? Said, uh, pre, pre-covid pre-covid, pre-COVID was, total mind blank with, uh, Ren, 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 yeah. Ren collective yeah i don't know why i had a complete mind blank as to, to the band to the band but yeah so yeah. And he's been with them for but, a long time too He's been with him for a while. Yeah. But be- yeah. before that, when I had met him, he was, um, he was overseeing one of the campuses for Saddleback. And at the time, I believe they only had, sorry about that. Um, they only had, I think their Lake Forest campus and their San Clemente campus. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, um, that, that's how I had met him because he, he got hired onto the tech team to the, in mm-hmm. the tech department at Saddleback um, when I was there. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, and so he, uh, so he was, uh, he was doing that, and they're opening um, another extension campus, uh, and it just so happened he was like, man, this guy I booked to open this other, it was uh, Laguna Woods, which is like an elderly community in in South Orange County. Um, another friend of ours who just called him and said, hey, I can't make it this weekend, and Tom was like, we were out to dinner that night, and he was like, man. Just, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need to find someone for this weekend. And I was like, well, I'm actually free. I'm not playing this weekend. I was like, is it something I can just pick up and do or, or help you out with? And he was like, actually, I think you'd be pretty good with it. And so I was like, okay. Um, and so <laughs> he was like, I'll give you a crash course. 
on oh Thursday. Boy. Oh boy. Of uh, how to set up and run everything. And um, I guess <laughs> so. On Thursday, we go through this crash course, and it was a little. It was a. It was a small 16 channel LS9 console. Um, I, I was pretty awesome when I had to, I had to work with my first time. It was a LS9 console, uh, some DMBTs on sticks, and like a single sub. And um, had a set of projectors, screen, all that kind of stuff. And so he taught me how to do everything. And then that weekend, we show up on a Sunday, and he was there with me. But he was just like, "Hey, act like you know what you're doing. Don't <laughs> don't act like you don't know what you're doing." I told. Uh, Greg Baker, who's an awesome guy, and you also know, was also there that weekend. He was the main technical director for Saddleback Church right. overall. And he was there that weekend to kind of to meet me, for one, and to make sure it all went well. And Tom's like, yeah, I told Greg, you already knew what you're doing. You've been doing this for a few years. So just uh, <laughs> my first time. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, and that was honestly how I got started. Um, I, I was there for... I was in the Kino Woods and like the band was typically, you know, kick snare with, with uh, brushes, upright bass, piano, vocal, and maybe a background vocal and acoustic guitar. And so um, <clears throat> I started off there and I was like, this is actually really fun. I, I was like, I enjoyed being on the other side of things. And um, I started doing more events with Saddleback and then ended up mixing. I was playing a lot and doing some session stuff in like just the Orange County area as a drummer. And so I ended up mixing for some different bands that I had either played for or done sessions with. Um, so mix it like House of Blues and um, there's a place called Constellation Room. Um, so venues like that. And then um, ended up taking on um, another campus up in Huntington Beach. And that one turned into two campuses for a while that I was overseeing. Um, and then I was also mixing events at the main campus for Saddleback and doing different stuff like that. And then, uh, yeah, so then, and then six and a half years ago, I took the production manager role at, um, Crossroads and have been there since. And so just all that stuff along with some other random corporate work that I've done, um, a lot of it through Tom. So a lot of my, what I've got to do is through Tom and then, uh, Joe Sidoti, so. Yeah, I like that you, for those of you who don't know, Tom, you tell, telling, telling Greg Baker that you totally know what you're doing. I, I actually feel like Greg questioned that anyway, because yeah. he knows Tom really I'm well sure. too. Because <laughs> Tom worked with, for him for a long time. So, but no, mm-hmm. that, no, no, I'm sure Tom saw something in you and, um, you know, he was ready to make it happen. So, I mean, kind of had no choice, right? You kind of had to throw you into the fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I like, um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I just like, it was the first thing I found doing in my life that I loved as much as playing drums. And so, and probably now I would rather, I mean, yeah, I definitely would. I'd rather mix front house, um, for a band than play for them. Um, right. at this point, you know, I, and I, I love playing drums, but I love mixing more. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always feel like, you know, like I like I played guitar when I was in elementary school and and didn't really play I mean I wasn't I'm not a, I I played guitar, I'm not a guitar player. So that's what I always tell people. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not a guitar player. But I just realized really early that I was way better at mixing. You know, like in high school, I got to mix and started doing that in high school and I just was like, well this is way more fun. 
And yeah. to be honest, I'm kind of a control freak. So when you're running sound, mm-hmm. you're, you're in control. <laughs> you're really in control of the band. I mean, you know, you just, you are. And so, uh, you know, I can't control if they don't, if they play terrible, but I can turn them down, um, <laughs> you know, except for the drummer, oddly enough. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think we that's, love to be loud. No, I think that a lot of, I think a lot of audio engineers start basically are like, you know, they, I just knew that I remember I would, I would, we would go to events. My mom and dad used to take me to the theater a lot in San Bernardino. They had a mm-hmm. theater, California theater, a lot of stage productions, a lot of musicals. And I just kind of noticed really early. It was, it was always the same guys, guys and girls in the back wearing black for every performance. And they were all kinds of different actors on stage. And I, you know, my parents were, my mom was in enter, pseudo entertainment industry and she was a talent agent. And so, you know, 99% of the people that she represented were out of work all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. But then the people in the back, they were all working. I'm like, oh, they're, yeah. work. they're, they're working. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Why would I want to be a performer? I don't think so. That doesn't seem yeah, right. That that was, like a good Tom, idea. After that first week, Tom's like, hey, you want to continue doing this? And I was like, uh, you mean consistent work every single weekend and nice yeah. pay? Like making way more than I was as a drummer? Right. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> And you couldn't work with a, a, a bunch more cool people. I mean, Greg Baker, you know, I mean, no. obviously, you know, my relationship with Greg and, and, you know, I, it was, I had, um, I worked a lot with uh, Greg, Ken Dyer, who yeah. is, I think now at Mag now, right? Yeah. Um, I hired him to, to replace me when I left Mag. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And then yep. um, Tom was down in me at the time and yeah, it was, yeah, I was I wasn't complaining for no, any means. just a bunch of good yeah. folks. Yeah. yeah, I had I I had um, you know I was one of the early staff tech staff there, you know, mm-hmm. and but you couldn't get an ask for a, a a greater even today, man. All the folks that I know that are there now, just a bunch of awesome mm-hmm. people, you know. Um, yep. So yeah, that's very very cool, very very cool. Well, so what? Um, what has been like, what's been going on with like projects and different stuff like that, that you've been doing? What, what has COVID done that is positive? Mm. For, I'm trying to, we talked, we always talk a ton about the negative about how carry carry it is. And everybody knows that yeah. it's chaos. Um, but what is, what is kind of, what do you think is going to come out of this? That's going to help you in the church and tech and like, you know, uh, it's funny. I was just uh, having a conversation with my production manager this morning. Um, just because, so uh, at this point, this week, yesterday was his first day back from quarantine. Him and his wife had gotten sick with COVID um, right around Christmas. And so uh, right now in California, um, in our church, and do our insurance lawyers and all that kind of stuff. So we have to take a 14-day quarantine, whether we, if we're exposed, even if we're not even sick. And, um, and that's, uh, that's just is what it is. And so um, he just got back yesterday, and then I just went out on quarantine um, because my wife came down with COVID um, last Friday. And then as I was telling Ben earlier, I'm, I just started training symptoms yesterday. And so I'll now be out till the 22nd. And so um, even though we have a decent sized staff team for the size of our church and we have quite a few volunteers, um, everything we do right now is set up and tear down. So we don't have any like systems that are just 
repeatable per se because uh, nothing can stay set up. Everything's outside. Or um, at one point we were filming our Wednesday night service and we, we used to have this coffee shop on campus called Restoration Roasters and it's super cool vibey room. And we were shooting our Wednesday night service in there. So we'd move all our wireless and console package and everything into that room. We come back after Wednesday night, get done, move everything out and set back up in our worship center and shoot our weekend service on Thursday. And then we were holding our Sunday morning live service outside on our patio. And so stuff's just getting moved around like crazy. And um, so, you know, when we used to have, when it used to just be coming into the room, turn everything on and fire up and go to rehearsal, it's a lot more set up and tear down. And so, um, which isn't, I mean, it's, I haven't had to do that in quite a few years, but when I was a Saddleback, that's everything I did running uh, extension campuses. None of, none of the campuses I had were, um, were installed or in like in a venue. We were at high schools. We were at, I think we used to do the community center in Dana Point. <laughs> um, does some different stuff. Um, and so um, it's been, it's been a change. So then, so not only just like moving in and out. So like a lot of our stuff's in like road cases now. Um, and so just running it more like you're doing a one-off concert or some of that. And then, but now it's also thrown in the, the hook of like, well, it could be Saturday. This past weekend, it was on Saturday. I found out my wife was sick. And so I couldn't come in on Sunday. And I was planning on mixing broadcasts, which I, the funny thing is I don't mix a ton anymore. Most of the mixing is done by my production manager, Fred, um, or Marlon, another one of our engineers on staff. And, um, <clears throat> but since he was out, I'm going to be mixing broadcast. Um, we had a contractor coming in to mix our outdoor service, but then on Saturday, we now have to find someone else. Well, so now we don't have any local guy or, I mean, on staff person there to kind of oversee even just the audio side of stuff. And so, um, it's made us rethink just, I mean, our processes of where our mics are located, where all our cable is, all that kind of stuff. And so, um, <clears throat> And this is something we probably should have been doing a long time ago, but just having more documentation. Uh, a lot of times it's either Fred or myself uh, changing patches or any of that kind of stuff. And so we know where, where we were at the last week, but we may not document it in our, in our patch list. And so just keeping everything, all of our documentation up to date, how stuff is wired, hooked up, all that kind of stuff has just become way more important. That way somebody, whether it be a contractor or a volunteer, um, can just come in and, uh, and run it without having to make a ton of phone calls to one of us, um, and figuring out how things are going. If that makes sense. Yeah. So that was a really long explanation, but no, that's, that's perfect. I think a lot of people need to hear that. That's, you know, it's, uh, you know, I get, I get, com I get, uh, comments all the time, you know, that, that I think a lot of people at smaller churches think that big churches have it all together, like mm -hmm. for every scenario. And, you know, for like, for me, I, I was at two pretty large churches here in Southern California. And I can tell you that that is not necessarily true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have certain, you might have a certain, certain systems that you bring out. You have like, we've got this one portable system and that mm -hmm. is whatever. But, you know, until the actual crisis happens and you got to, and you start spreading yourself really thin and you got to start moving everything, you know, and even large, a lot, most large churches don't have just unending gear 
Like they don't have like just a giant room with like 200 microphones in it and, and all this stuff, you know, it's like, you know, and so if we've got five events on the campus and they're big events, we're basically going from event to event with the microphone packages, the microphone cables and stands. We may have enough speakers and stuff, but we don't have enough of all the things. You know? well, and, and so, and typically, you know, pre-COVID, like our stuff was all pretty standard and we were even set up for like small special events, you know, things like that, that would happen regularly. But we weren't, we were never like, so um, we broadcasted our Christmas Eve services from outside. And then we did the next two Sundays after that. And both those services, I mean, it was like what we, you know, we have a, well, this is, I mean, this is a pretty awesome uh, I don't know. I, I think it's a pretty awesome uh, portable package. We have a Midas Pro One with some JBL powered, you know, and it's great for a, a small like right. next gen thing outside. But when we, you know, now they're wanting to run a full, full band, you know, full kit. I mean, it was like twelve people on stage with strings, you know, right. uh, seven vocalists. Just anything at one point, Pro One just can't handle it. Plus, everything's on ears, and so you know, well, that's, that's kind of out the bag. So now we're having to bring out what we would normally leave in a room or we're having to rent and all that kind of stuff, you know, it's right. And then I've, you know, we got some of our next gen, um, departments, they, Oh, Hey, we're launching our service again. Like that's been the thing. Hey, we're starting a service up again. We want to be over in this location on the campus. And I'm like, there's not even power over there. Like, <laughs> did you yeah. call facilities and request a, yeah. a spider box, you know? And, oh no, do right. we have one? I'm like, no, cause we're using all three of them in another location right now. Right. Oh, okay. Like, I just figured we had that stuff. And I'm like, no. And they're like, okay, well we want to do, you know, two speakers and a couple microphones and some playback. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fresh out, you know, everyone else is using it. So we're going to have to start purchasing stuff. And like, right. Wait, we don't have that. I'm like, no, we, we don't have an endless supply. Like everything right. for us is outside. So kids ministry, junior high, adult services, Spanish services all happening at the same time. So yeah, definitely don't have an endless supply of gear. <laughs> right. Well, how, how is, how, um, how have you, has your, has your leadership been pretty good about prioritizing and understanding that this is, I mean, because I look at something like, I don't know how the rest of the nation is. Well, I kind of, I kind of look at it, but yeah. like for, for California, I mean, right now, as, as we're recording this, um, the death toll is really low, but the, but the people are, who are getting it, and some of that has to do with way more people are being tested. So way more people are mm-hmm. positive, but you know, hospital beds are full. A lot of people are getting sick. Um, yeah. Not a lot of people are dying, but a lot of people are getting sick. And so this for, for Southern California, this is going to go on for a while, at least, at least until mm-hmm. we get over this hump, whatever that hump is. Um, so, you know, are you guys, you know, your leadership and you, are you guys kind of trying to think, well, if we have to be in this for another, you know, two months, six months, whatever, you know, what's our strategy? Yeah. Um, I think we have that. We've been having that conversation every few months, probably since about six months into uh, COVID. I wish we had it a little sooner, but I mean, back in, it was, I, I remember it was middle of March, um, so I think the first week uh, they didn't allow us to come in and work in the office either. They actually sent us all home. They're like, basically just like come in and run service on Sunday. Like, okay. <laughs> we have to prep at some point, but okay. Um, 
and I remember it cause it was right around my birthday. The first week was on my birthday, March 22nd. So, um, <clears throat> it was probably about, and I, I think everyone just expected like, you know, it's probably gonna be a couple months, three months and we'll get this figured out and we'll probably start opening back up. And then two or three months in, it was like, wait, this ain't going away. It's actually just getting worse. And so I think at that point, that's when some conversations started happening. Um, at six months, we ended up, uh, starting to purchase equipment to continue doing what we were doing at the time without having to continue to rent. So we had a led wall outside so we could broadcast our Sunday services out there to those people. And, um, we just had a lot of these things happening that we just started moving forward with. They're like, well, this looks like it's going to be, you know, at least for a little while longer. Might as well start. I guess prepping for it as much as you can. You're more more reactionary than uh, than preemptive, whatever. But uh, yeah, so those those conversations have been happening every few months. Um, we're constantly changing to try and figure out what's best for our community and what the people are responding to best. Right. Um. You know, we um, anything from. Like that's why we've actually been broadcasting our services from outside for the past few weeks. We're going to do about two more, I think. And um, my personal take on it is the production value isn't as nice. We don't, we don't have a stage or anything outside. It's literally on our patio chairs and some tents that they got, you know, and (laughs) it's not, it's not the prettiest thing in the world. Um, And, but like we're seeing how people react to it. You know, is this something, would they rather have the, what's actually happening on Sunday morning and seeing that online? Or are they going to want, um, you know, the nice pre-produced on stage with lights and all that kind of stuff. And, and it, so it's, it's kind of like finding the balance of um, what people are reacting to the most and what's keeping them engaged in the church. We definitely know that even though we're doing stuff outside, we're having hosts, uh, dedicated for online, which is nothing new. This is, you know, a lot of churches have been doing that for a long time. This is stuff that we as Crossroads really didn't do. Our online campus before COVID was very much, hey, here's a view into what's happening here. You should come and join us. And um, it has changed a lot of our leadership's view on online campus and that it can actually be a community. And so, um, <clears throat> Although I think some people are having a hard time even, um, I guess, adjusting to that. Like, it's hard for them to maybe wrap their head around the fact that people can have community online and it doesn't have to be in person all the time. Um, but so that's, you know, something good that's coming out of this is um, for our community um, and people even in the surrounding areas or family that may have family outside of Southern California, whatever, and they want to watch and be a part of something their family is doing, that content is getting better and more directed to them personally. And so we're making strides in that. And I I would say that's probably the best thing that's come out of COVID for Crossroads. Um, It has shined a light on an area that really, um, it wasn't horrible before, you know, and honestly, like, even for myself, like, um, our online campus was okay. You know, like, I, I feel like there was a decent broadcast mix from the front house, you know, doing the whole Andrew Stone thing, room mics and everything, everything everyone's doing now. Uh, and it, and it worked. 
but now in our current reality, that's like not good enough, you know? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so it's changed and it's definitely made uh, our larger community is online instead of in person at this point. And so um, it's forcing people to have to address that. And um, I think that's been the hardest change for some because they're still showing up on the people leading it are still showing up on Sunday, watching the service live yet making decisions about what's happening online. And so as some of them and even myself being quarantined and then actually sitting down and, you know, watching the online service from your home, you kind of experience it in a light that everyone else actually is. And it makes you think differently about what you're doing in the week. Right. And so um, yeah. you're finally, the, you're, you're actually the audience like, yeah. like you, like you have been, you know, in the auditorium, but now mm-hmm. you're the audience at home. Yeah. And it's, it's not the same as watching a multi-view mixing broadcast <laughs> or, no. um, or even sitting in the back room watching it, or it's just not the same as actually being in your home. And so I don't know, that's the one thing I'm like, man, I almost want to tell everyone at some point to take time off and just be at home on a weekend and actually experience the online campus as people are doing it. Um, and I feel like you're going to get a much better view of what's happening and what you're putting out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is, I, th- I mean, I think that is a po- it's a positive, you know, and, and, you know, I've talked to so many people that have, have, you know, everybody's had to adjust. You know, we, we said this at the beginning as last year when all this came down, you know, instantaneously every church, no matter what size they were, instantly had to have be an online church. You know, mm-hmm. they wanted to, they wanted to keep ministering to their, to their community. And so it really changed. Can't tell you how many, um, you know, mainline churches that that got a hold of me and were like, hey, you know, I'm I'm talking like, you know, Lutherans and Methodists and Presbyterians and mm-hmm. and those that those kind of mainline churches that were were, you know, we need we need to update update our systems. Like we have to update our systems, like right now. Like we gotta, you know, and and we would joke we would joke on the inside, we're like, well, we would never sell this product before, but now it's the only one that is on the shelf. So we have to we have to I mean, like if people want a camera, they were having to buy stuff that wouldn't be our first choice. Yeah. But that, there was just was but there a... was just nothing. There was nothing available, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, but I I think it's a great it's actually been a great thing because a lot of a lot of churches that we're broadcasting ish, you know, like one camera lockdown, whatever mm-hmm. they realized they had to step up their game, you know, yeah. because all of a sudden all the people that were usually in the pews or in the seats or whatever it was, all of a sudden they mm-hmm. were at home and they were way more critical of what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they were like, we gotta, we gotta fix this, you know? Ho- hopefully when they come back in the room, they're way more acceptable of a, the jib flying in front of their face or over their head now, you know? <laughs> well, a lot of those churches aren't going to have a jib, but you know, yeah, that's true. but, but, but I talked <laughs> well, to it for us. Yeah. I talked to a ton of pastors at the beginning. We're like, I'm like, what are you doing right now? They're like, well, I'm at home and with my iPhone and our worship leader is home at, with their iPhone. And then we're taking those files and basically I'm giving it to our, you know, 14 year old tech guy. He's mm-hmm. throwing it into iMovie, 
and then we're broadcasting it on Sunday. And I'm like, I'm like, how's it going? He goes, well, it works. I'm like, awesome. Great. Yeah. You know, fantastic. I mean, you know, people had church for, you know, close to 2000 years without technology. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, they had technology of the day, but I mean, you know, technology of the day, but I mean, it truly is about community. And so, you know, like, <clears throat> yes, you got to, you know, not you got to, hopefully people are watching online and still being mm-hmm. fed through the messages from the church service, whether it be, you know, a large pre-production service or it's an iPhone through iMovie, right. you know, and it's what pastor is speaking to you and you're getting fed and what worship is speaking to you. And then right. from there, you got to take it deeper, you know, like as a community, are you in a life group? Are you spending time with people? Are you talking to them, whether it's in person or not in person, um, sitting, you know, in the bed of your truck with your buddy in the other bed of the truck, you know, across the parking spot and right. having community, just talking and, and, um, being there for each other, praying for each other, you know, yeah. that's where the real church community happens. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've picked up, uh, I used to go bodyboarding back when I was in my high school and stuff all the time. And I actually started back through this whole COVID thing, which I am one of those guys that's making it way busier out in the water. Um, <laughs> but I've been making friends and yeah. I've, uh, out there and, you know, uh, there's a gentleman as unfortunately I haven't seen him in a few weeks. He was changing jobs and moving and stuff, but, um, ended up, you know, praying for him and stuff like that. And him, him and his wife were going, were struggling through some stuff. And he was, I'm like, I'm out there catching waves between our conversation, you know, and, and he was too. And yet like that's community and that is the church being the church, you know, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what, one thing our, our leadership always pushes us is who is your one person you're speaking to? Who are you? doing that stuff. And so we can worry every day about, you know, what the product is that we're putting out. And yes, do we need to continuously do our best to make it better and, and honor the Lord in that? Yes. You know, but at the end of the day, whether you're a church doing it with an iPhone and iMovie or a church doing it with reds and a raw switcher, you're right. You know, like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it it does. It, you know, the bottom line is, is that are we are we making disciples? Are we having community? Are people getting their lives changed? And if technology helps with that, then great. But yep. it's not. You know, people, and we've talked about this for a very long time, where people get confused. I think in tech, um, it's really the tail ends up wagging the dog, and you just can't do that. I mean, my opinion is that you know, I'm here to make it better. I'm here to make it clearer. I'm here to mm-hmm. take away distractions. Um, and on the community side, I'm here to have community in our tech department, in our tech teams, yep. you know, with volunteers helping people to feel like they're doing something that is for the greater good of the the bride of Christ, you know? So on that subject, we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording, but on that subject, um, what, what have you guys gone through with your, with your volunteers? Because I mean, you have staff, but you have a, a lot of volunteers. Um, how, how is this, how is this all, whole thing affecting your volunteers? Um, it's been rough. We've lost a lot. Um, just because, you know, when back in March uh, and April and all that time of this whole COVID thing, 
Uh, leadership wanted it to just be staff and maybe one or two people. So it was very small. Um, and so we used to run about 80, 80 to 90 active. And I would say act, my, my definition of active is they served in that at least once or twice in, the, in a year, span of a year. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes we have people that come in and they just do Christmas show and then they're kind of like, yeah, I'm good. Thanks. You know, I'm glad I could refill snow machines and run a spotlight. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Peace out. See you next year. You know? Right. Um, and then we have people who are there every other week. We have people who are there almost weekly. It really depends. Um, and all that kind of stuff. Anyways. So, um, I think we're now, uh, we, we've been figuring this out as, as we're like, okay, you know, we're kind of ramping back up. Like obviously we're doing a lot of production stuff. A lot of it's been very small. Um, and a lot of it's very staff driven with, with a handful of volunteers. And well, we're trying to get back to the point where we're empowering our volunteers to do most of it and we can be there to lead and guide them. Right. How and is, so, how, how, how is that affected? Um, I mean, I'm sure like with anything else you have, you have volunteers, everybody's got a different comfort level yeah. about serving, right? Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is most of my staff is all pretty young. Um, I, I guess, well, it's by about half and half. Um, half of them are pretty young and, um, and it's been awesome. They grew up at Crossroads serving in Crossroads production. Um, and so they're, the DNA is ingrained in them and all that kind of stuff, you know, I, um, <clears throat> which is awesome, but not, a lot of them hadn't had to do a whole lot of setup and teardown, you know, those kinds of things. So a lot of it was teaching and training, just starting there on how we're going to be doing things differently. And from there, they are now going out and starting to teach and train their volunteers to do the same. So, and it starts a lot of it in our next gen ministries. And so it's been awesome. Our next gen ministries, um, I was just hearing back today from my guys that they are mostly volunteer ran um, in uh, Marlin and uh, this girl, Lauren, uh, she's a new hire and they've kind of run the audio and video sides of our next gen. And so we've been getting a ton of volunteers uh, from like our high school and college young adults ministry this is mostly where our volunteers are coming from at this point. They're the, like, honestly, they're probably the most comfortable coming out and being around people in, re- yeah. in reality. Well, I mean, they're the, um, they're the least risk yeah. population. I mean, honestly, totally. Um, and then, um, a lot of our adult ones. So since we're pre-recording, we're struggling with just finding people who are available during the day because we've been shooting a lot of stuff during the day and not at the evening or in the early in the morning on Sundays. But, uh, we're now at the point where we have, like I said, yeah, 20, 25 to 30. And, um, we, we fought against losing a lot of them. I mean, we were making phone calls. My team is, they're great. They're a very people oriented crew, even though there are a lot of them are introverts. Um, they love their, their team and they were making phone calls weekly and just checking in with them and stuff. But then, you know, people have found other hobbies, other things, and they're just doing different things. Um, I would say we still have a big core of our crew and a lot of the ones who are dedicated even before are still there and dedicated, which is awesome. And they're just getting better. And, um, and now I think we're kind of like in a rebuilding stage. Um, we're setting goals right now to continue to build our crew um, and stuff like that. And so, um, and also just realizing that, well, I, for myself, I realized that I haven't honored a lot of our, our crew in the way I could um, as a leader. And so finding other ways to make them um, our focus, you know, so as, 
I've always said that it's people over production as much as we want the production to be great and excellent and all that kind of stuff. If my crew goes home and doesn't feel loved or cared for, then I've, I have failed, you know, whether they be staff or volunteer. Um, but, um, finding different ways to be able to be thankful for them and honor them. And then, cause that is also doing ministry and being in production. We're not just doing it for the people who are at home or sitting out in the crowd. We're doing it for our team members who come and serve for the bands who come and play um, the pastors who come and speak, all that kind of stuff. Like we are truly serving and doing ministry for all those people. And so, um, yeah. Um, so I got off on tangent. I, I feel like I answered. Maybe I didn't. No, that, <laughs> I, what you just said there was complete gold and i hope everybody really heard that if you didn't rewind it back and listen to what he just said because that's the pretty much the essence of of being a tech director right there so um yeah no that's serving serving others you know yeah 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 i think you know I've, i've always tried to say that you know my 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 job as a tech director was not to do the things push the buttons slide the faders you know flip switches my 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 job was to be in the people business you know, jesus is in the people business and if you serve the church you're in the people business because that's mm-hmm. that's how it is and you know the biggest thing is to is to minister you have to minister you are their pastor i think that a lot of tech leaders don't think about that and i think about a lot of church leaders don't say that to tech directors or production managers or whatever, when they're hiring them, they don't say, mm. Hey, you're going to, you know, cause pastors, that's their mindset. They go, well, of course you're going to be ministering to these people, but they need to tell tech people that cause pe- tech people don't understand that when they get into it a lot of times, you know, um, the smart tech directors like you um, tell your people that you're hiring, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, the, the number one job is to minister to our teams, to the folks and all this other yeah. stuff, you know? So no, I think that's and great. Even, which, you know, you, even the difficult ones, <laughs> you know, we're going to, especially sometimes the, the difficult ones. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I'm a, I'm a nine on the Enneagram. I'm a nine, I think wing eight it is. And so I'm a, I'm a peacemaker. So, um, it didn't always come easy having tough conversations with people, you know, but one thing, um, my oversight here at Crossroads, his name is Tim Roberts, and he's our worship arts pastor. He's an executive pastor and all that kind of stuff. But he has always pointed me to, as to do it lovingly, and that doesn't always mean being nice. You know, it's kind of just keeping it – sometimes you got to keep it black and white and tell them how it is and, and what things can be. But it's, it's out of wanting them to be a better person and that they're going to be a better person coming out of this conversation. And if you can have those tough conversations out of love, they're going to be a better person in the long run, whether they see it or not, you know, and that's, yeah. that's also our role. Um, and I wanted to say that cause I, I, I've heard people talk about, Oh, I just got to care and love and be nice. And, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of production people get told like, Hey, stop being so harsh with people or be a little nicer, you know, watch your tone, all that kind of stuff. And yes, we do. Um, we do need to be careful with that. We tend to be a little more straight to the point than others, but at the same time, sometimes those conversations with people are what's going to benefit them in the longer run. And yeah. if you're taking that mindset towards it and having those conversations with people, you can love and care for them there too. And I, I had a, um, one of my staff guys was, you know, talking to me the other day about a situation he was having with, with a volunteer and 
you know, and so I got to walk him through it and he's, he is, this, if you ever meet Marlon, he is like the kindest, sweetest, like he laughs when things get awkward because he just doesn't like it to be awkward. And he, you know, he's just, he's just really kind dude. And um, everybody's like favorite, favorite person, you know? And so him having like a tough conversation like that isn't going to be a natural, a natural solution. But when I walked him through that, it's actually a loving way of having it with somebody. It was right. He was able to see that. And he was like, I can do this. I can go have this conversation now, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I, uh, I, I agree with that. It's, you gotta, you gotta love them enough to have tough conversations. Mm-hmm. You have to, I mean, I fired volunteers because I, I fired, <laughs> I fired, I fired a husband and wife volunteer team. Oh, shoot. Who were leading a ministry for me, leading our, a producer's ministry. Mm-hmm. I fired them because I saw they were spending too much time working for the church and their mm-hmm. marriage was suffering and you could tell it was suffering because of the way they interacted with each other. Um, you know, when they were around. So I took them out and it was the hardest thing I did because man, they were good at what they did. Yeah. And, and I, I told them, I said, you guys, I'm putting you on hiatus for six months. And if you want to come back to the team, you actually have to call this pastor and you have to get into counseling with him. And I'm going to be monitoring that. And if you guys don't do it, I'm just telling you, I'm not, you can't come back to the production ministry. Like, yeah, you can't come back, but I care more about your marriage than I do about whether or not, you know, the pastor gets the mic handed to him. I mean, somebody else can do that. Not you guys aren't awesome. Mm-hmm. You guys are awesome at it, but I care more about and, you. Guys. And hopefully you have a pastor who would pick up his own mic instead, knowing that that is a better situation than. Right. Well, it was just how, serving, you know, yeah, yeah. It's just how that, mm-hmm. it's but, just how we did the producer roles at the time, yeah, you know, but you know, the bottom line was six months later when we revisited the whole thing, the wife told me, they came up to me and they said, yeah, we're not going to come back on, on uh, in tech ministry. We've actually found a different ministry. We're not mad at you, but we realized that tech ministry is always going to, for the way we served is always going to be mm-hmm. unhealthy for us. So we're going to do this other thing, which takes less time but it's helped our marriage. And so we're really thankful. They thank me. And I was like, okay, I thought you guys would That's just, so awesome. I, th- I thought you guys would not like me for the rest of, uh, you know, eternity because of, because yeah. I, had, because I had taken something that you guys really liked away. But the bottom line is you are their pastor. So as you know, just like what you said is as, as a tech director, production manager, or just lead volunteer, you are kind of their pastor when things happen. I mean, I'm sure you have, tons of stories. I certainly do. Uh, when things happened on our team, they called me. Mm-hmm. They, they couldn't get to the pastors. The pastors were like two levels up. They had to call their pastor's associate or whatever. So they just called me. They're like, Hey man, can you pray for us? We're having a, this is happening, you know? Yeah. Um, so you got to be prepared for that. Being a tech leader is not just, you know, doing the things <laughs> it's not just it's, yeah it's not just doing all the cool fun things it's and that's the thing i i'll be honest i didn't think it was all that you know I'm like well that's what pastors are for i'll just pass them on you know and sometimes there's there's volunteers who are going through things that are far above my pay grade of knowledge or anything oh, for sure on the yeah. mental spiritual health side of things um but yet they are going to come to you probably first because one you're their leader you're you're the one they talk to or you're the one they're around all the time. 
Yeah. And then it is our job to get them to where they need to go and have the right conversations with people, you know? Um, right. I, I've had at least some people through some dark stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, situations yeah. that I never thought I would ever have had to deal with dinners and, you know, and I'm like, sit down and like, they're sharing what's happened. And I'm like, yeah, bro, like you're going to need to take some time and go, <laughs> you know, let's get you to talk to this person. Let's get you to do this, you know? And then it's, right. then, you know, it's, and then it's like, okay, let's, you know, it's my job to check in on you. You know, I make sure those, those things have happened and care for them that way. Um, but yeah, there's, it, there's always a give and take and a, a line in, um, <clears throat> You know, so I, I kind of, I feel like I came into ministry not thinking I was going to deal with any of that stuff. And then when I realized I was dealing with it, I'm like, oh man, okay, like, okay, it's my job. Like, it's my job to handle all this stuff. And one time I, I had a volunteer who was quite rough and, and, um, just dealing with stuff. And anyways, I, my senior pastor walked by me, which, um, he's awesome. His name is Chuck Boer. Um, just, the most genuine dude. Um, I've, I've gotten to work for some pretty awesome pastors. Rick Warren is one of those same kind of people. And I was at my campus in Huntington beach. Moses Camacho is awesome. Uh, but Chuck Brewer is just cool. And he's like, you all right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm just working through how I can better help this volunteer. And he was like, what's the situation? And I'm like, why did you even stop to ask me? You got so many other things to handle. Yeah. And I tell him and he was like, he gave me some gold. It was just something he's like, you ain't a counselor that person needs professional help, you know? Yeah. Oh yes. You're totally right. And, and, um, and he was just like, he was like, you do what you can and what God is, God is, you know, giving you the ability to do. But at the end of the day, he was like, you can point them in the right direction. And just like, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Right. And so, um, there is a, a an area of like, of managing that stuff. And, um, but it is our role. Like I think what you did with that couple is incredible because some people, they start serving, they're going to start filling their time when things aren't good at home or somewhere else with something else that may be good. And it can be disguised yeah. as even healthy because it's, a, it's a ministry and uh, us as leaders, like, it's like, man, it's really nice. This person's serving every week. I don't have to worry about it anymore. But right. know, then if you're not taking a look at why they're serving every week, um, then you got to do that too. And, Sometimes it is fine. I got people who are retired and just want to serve. Like, and so they serve on my team, they serve on another team and they're right. doing it as a husband and husband and wife. And I've actually seen the relationship get better because of it. Yep. Um, which is awesome. Um, but then there's, I mean, but if they're working a 40 hour work week plus coming and serving and they're there every single weekend doing, yeah. you know, 10 to 16 hours on a weekend, like you should probably, you know, help them take some time off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and even in that situation, the, 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 the couple that, that replaced them uh, mm -hmm. were able to do that job just as well. And they were their situation. They were older. They'd been married a lot longer. They were older yeah. and they, they rocked it. And that in there, they, they were actually, um, it actually helped. I mean, I, I don't think it helped their marriage. Their marriage was pretty solid. Still is to this day. I still oh. talk to them, uh, but they, you know, it was great for them. And, but the other marriage got better because they weren't serving as much. So serving mm -hmm. is not just serving is not the, the panacea that it, it's cracked up to be sometimes in Christian circles. It is. Mm -hmm. If you're healthy, you can do things. You can, 
I mean, we do think tech directors can be, I mean, tech directors are some of the most unhealthy, spiritually healthy people I've ever met in my life sometimes. And <laughs> you can't see this, but Tyler's laughing uh, because he knows it's true. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is I've been there. You've been there. We've all been, we've all have dark, we've all yeah. had dark times. I mean, man, I, I went through, I probably went through four or five years uh, at one point where I was just going through the motions, you know, um, mm -hmm. working and working for church. That, that's sad to say. I mean, I, I'm ashamed of it, but it was, it was the truth, you know, but yeah. God, God was faithful and he, he uh, brought some people into my life that helped me get my stuff together and, <laughs> you know, pointed yeah. me in the right, pointed me in the right direction. And that's one of the reasons that I have such a passion for this tribe because I've been through it myself, you know? Um, and so, but well, uh, I sorry. One, one last note. Yeah. I'm thinking back. This was about five years ago. Um, I had, my brother was graduating from uh, the CHP Academy up in Sacramento. And I, uh, that the Sunday while we were up there, um, me and my wife uh, went and attended Bayside where Lee Fields is at. And uh, I messaged him. I was like, Hey dude, I'm here. At, uh, you know, your Grand Bay campus, blah, blah, blah. Like love to say hi. And we were catching up and uh, I mean, like we've had some good phone conversations. We've hung out and had some food together a few times, but like, that's about the extent of our relationship. But at the same time, he was like, Hey, how you doing? Blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, doing good. This and that. And, and uh, he's like, so when was the last time you had vacation? I don't know why he asked me, but he asked me, I don't remember where it came up with the conversation. And I was yeah. like, dude, I haven't been on vacation in probably like a year and a half, two years. Or at that point it'd been about a year and a half. I'd been at Crossroads and I hadn't taken a vacation yet or a weekend off. That was the first weekend I had missed a weekend service at Crossroads. Um, and at the time I was mixing every weekend too. Um, and so <laughs> he just laughed. He looked at me. He was like, bro, you need to start taking more weekends off. Your wife's going to kill you. If she doesn't, you don't. And she was standing yeah. right next to me and she was like, thank you. You know, and yeah. I have, I have yeah. never forgotten that conversation in just those words. And I think that was the entire reason why her and I went to Granite Bay campus that weekend. For because sure. it is true. It's like, you know, we can even disguise our unhealthiest, our unhealthiness of just wanting to make things good and better and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and when our families or our other things are lacking and we're not spending enough time doing that. And the reality is, is we've got to keep our priorities well in check and in order in order to lead our people. Well, if we, if we don't have, if our cup is empty because we have nothing else to give, we're not going to be giving anything good. So we also need to be, be, be being poured into. And so we can do that. And so you have to take a time of rest and you know, that kind of stuff so you can refuel, be poured into, and then also be able to go back out and, then do that for your team and your people. So. Yeah. Well, what my what my daughter, my youngest daughter, who just turned 21 and I were talking about this last night, is that, you know, one of the things that my wife and I have strived so hard to do is to have a good, solid family, you know, mm -hmm. because we've always felt like, you know, it's the airplane principle, right? Before, you know, if you lose, if we lose cabin pressure, put your mask on first before you help other people. You can't help other people if you, if, you know, if you don't take care of yourself. And I think we as tech directors, I know a lot of tech directors, I've been there, I'm sure you've been there, where we mm -hmm. kind of feel like we're going to be this, I hate to say this, but honestly, we, we get arrogant, we think, and we play the martyr. Well, if I'm not doing it, nobody's doing it, and blah, 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 all that stuff, you know, and, and that's so just dumb. It's dumb to think yep. that way. And it actually, you know, honestly, it's idolatry. 
really. And if that's the way it is, you you know, and like, if that's the way it is and you've been somewhere for a while, you're not doing it right. Like I realized that. Right. Exactly. It wasn't until a few years ago where I was like, man, I'm sitting here saying like, this won't happen if I'm not here. This is not good because that's not really actually doing my job well. One, um, and two, it's not doing the churches a service because the reality is like, what if I got in a car accident or did something? I'm like, yep. I sure hope services will still happen, you know? Yeah. And to think of myself that highly, like whatever, yeah. I get to do this, man. The Lord is giving, giving me the opportunity to do this. Right. He does not need me. He will figure out something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When um, you get in, when you get into being a TD or production man or whatever, I mean, my first thing, what I got taught, what Ken Robertson taught me was the minute you get into something, you start working yourself out of a job. Yep you start, you start figure, I mean, that's the, like, that was one-on-one when I was a Saddleback and Ken was a TD there. He was like, I'm hi- I, I'm hiring and we're bringing up good people because I, I got to be able to take three or four weekends off a year at mm-hmm. minimum, you know? And he said, and what if something happened to me? You know, well, you know how the structure of that, at least the, the main campus always was, you know, uh, is yeah. it can run. You pull one person out, it's still going to happen. It's going to happen. And even if, you know, even after I left there and went to other churches, man, that was the very first thing that I did was I'm like, okay, who am I going to bring in? Who's going to, I'm going to dump, I'm going to brain dump into who, if I get taken out tomorrow, would it be exactly like if I was there? Well, maybe probably not, but you know, my, my biggest, my biggest, um, I think the biggest compliment a tech director can have is to not be doing a job and no one knows any different like on a Sunday, like you're just standing back in the corner and, and you're literally or doing, doing nothing. It better than you. <laughs> a lot of times that's the truth. Yep. Yeah. After you train up, yeah. there's certain people you train up. Um, you know, everybody's tired of hearing about Marvin Simpson, but uh, on this He's podcast, awesome. uh, yeah. So the bottom line is he's a way better tech director than I ever was. Um, and, but the minute I worked with him, I worked with him the first week I was on staff and at Mm -hmm. the church. And I remember walking, coming home to walking in the door to my wife and goes, well, I know who my first hire is, you know, and then I spent another year trying to get him hired. And then, but once he got hired, he became a better tech director than I did. And now when I go over to water of life where he's the tech director at, and I watch him work, I'm like, oh, he is far better at this than I ever was ever you know and uh but so i look at the five years that i poured into him as time well absolutely well spent because he's pouring into all these other people and he's making and he's just and you know like you said he's awesome i mean one of the most awesome dudes in the entire world and so you know i mean that's what that's what our job is our job is to pick those marvins out to pick those different peoples out and people out and and say okay i'm going to pour into that person I'm going to pour into that person. It's just like we always talk about the rock stars. Not everybody is a rock star on your team. Not everybody is. Mm-hmm. They're never going to be. It's fine. Some people are just want to fill the snow machines once a year. Cool. Awesome. The drive-bys, great. Fantastic. No problem. But mm-hmm. there's that group, that, 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 that small circle mm-hmm. that you just know, and you have your team, and you and your team, you just pour into them. You know, because you're only one person. You can only pour into so many people. I always tell people Jesus had 12, but he really only had three. Yeah. 
you know, and the three he poured into and they changed the world. So, you know, if that, if Jesus can only really pour into three, uh, why would we do anything else? So anyway, yeah. well, Hey dude, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, I know that you do like answering questions and that you would be happy to answer questions of anybody who any TDs out there or people that yeah. are struggling or whatever. What's the best way to get a hold of you um, out there? Um, the I mean, uh, shoot. Um, I mean, you can email me at Um You can honestly, like, if you if you email me, and I'll just give you my number. <laughs> <laughs> at that point, you can just text me. Texting is probably the, the most uh, cleanest way of getting a hold of me. Um, my Instagram, um, I don't know what my handle is. What is it? Um, we'll, we'll put it We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. And I think it's just Tyler DeYoung, I believe. Yeah. All you're, one word. You're the, you're the only so, Tyler DeYoung in the world, huh? So There is another one. <laughs> and he's at but, Bayside. He's a worship leader. He and I have yeah. never met. I met his brother. Right. But he seems like an awesome dude. So there's that. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, if you guys don't know, Tyler's an awesome guy. It's one of the reasons I wanted to have him on him. I, I, I really try hard to have people on who are encouraging, love this tribe. Tyler loves tech directors and, um, loves pouring into this community. And, uh, so anyway, yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy. So if you see him on, on, on the interwebs, um, and if he looks like, uh, you know, he's wearing, he's wearing skinny jeans and looks like a worship leader, that's not the right Tyler DeYoung. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is true. I'm, I'm a little bigger than that boy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this, this Tyler right here is like a, is like a man after my own heart. He's a real man. He's got, he's got no hair. He's like got a beard, you know, it's got, yeah. Yeah. Looks like he can take on the world. So anyway. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. Hey, everybody. um, You know, I'm sure this is a broken record. Everybody's tired of hearing me say that, but please go over to Apple. Please go over to iTunes and like and give us five stars and all that good stuff because it does really help. And also go to Facebook. We have a Facebook page, Church Tech Profiles. We have um, Twitter, Church Tech Pro and Church Tech Profiles on Instagram, all that good stuff. And we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Uh, We are about, I'm going to announce this today. We are about to to actually add a couple more podcasts and we're going to be starting a podcast network here in the next couple couple of weeks. It's going to be very, very cool. I can't really tell you all the different podcasts we're going to have, but I think y'all are going to really like it. So anyway, I love guys. Thanks for listening and I will talk to you later.